bell here today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't get a chance to take a picture because it's so late. Got my partner in here, man. <laughs> what is happening, bro? I'm here. Keep it here. Everybody here? Are we Are we mic checking right now? Oh, we're rolling. We're good. Oh. I didn't know. I had no idea. <laughs> had zero idea. I am I am fucking with this. Well, I'm going to this real quick because people don't know. Hold on. This Diamonds and Pearls is my shit. This, I need this to be like one of my wedding songs. Quintessential Prince. Yeah, man. This is quintessential. When did I first hear this? I'm trying to think of the first time I heard Diamonds and Pearls. Um, it fucking blew me away. Yeah. This is from, what, 91? I remember, like, being a kid, so. like, yo, this shit is tough. I have vague memories of the video. Uh-huh. And it, like, a dark room, but light. I mean, I can't really see it now, but I remember watching it when I was a kid often. This, man, hold on, let me about to fast forward to the fucking chorus. <laughs> Wait. Uh-oh. Ready? Look. See, and I can't sing. But if I could, I would tear this shit down. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and show up. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and show up. This shit is so fire, bro. And I remember Wayne did a remix to this, Diamonds and Girls. Well, that's dope. Him and Currency. You never heard that? I've never heard that. What? Yeah, Diamonds and Girls is my shit. All right. Um, thanks. Let me turn this shit off. Because I'm going to get excited because this is really, <laughs> this is really my is shit. something to get excited about. Yeah, man. All the Prince projects, man. Like, yeah. Not just the big ones. You know what I mean? Because no. um, this is what the, the new power generation. Mm-hmm. This one, he was on some other shit. And he's like, Prince, though, what you doing, fam? Um, Alana Bell, thank you for joining me this thank evening. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to... I might even say finally be here. Yeah. I feel very blessed. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was a long time coming. Um, welcome to episode 52. Are we 52? It's 52, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I Something believe. Something like that. Yeah, I believe we're at. Oh, yeah, it is 52 because I thought about 52 weeks in a year. I know we have missed some weeks. Ah. We're past the one year, but, you know, we're still rocking. So um, if you listened before and you fuck with me, I appreciate you. If this is your first time listening, I really appreciate you. Well, not like I appreciate you any more than other people, but sorry. You get what I'm saying. I fuck with everybody. I'm sleepy. I'm tired. Yeah. It's been a long day. It's it a long it. weekend. I think we're operating out of the same space. Yeah. You had a long weekend as well. I did. I had a long yeah. weekend. I popped it for like 72 hours straight. <laughs> it was tight. I was um, ERing it yesterday, so it yes. there was no kinds of popping it. But You almost died. I'm alive. I am here. Thank God for yes, you being here. Yes, thank God. Spared um, me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to wrap up real quick. So um, thank you to everybody that donated to Cecil. I know we told the story the last podcast about you know his uh, botched surgery. I know that um, he's still not able to work. And so thank you to everybody who donated to him. Um, that's an amazing thing. We need to continue that conversation of you know uh, black people in the medical field and what we need to do to continue to support ourselves, you know, and put more people in position to help help each other out. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people are going to be doing some stuff to donate to the homeless um, for Thanksgiving. So if you have something that you want, shout it out. Let me know. Um, I know Treos is is doing a thing, or he's affiliated with someone who's doing something, um, and I'm going to read that in a few minutes because it's hit me to fire, and if I don't read it, then I'll feel like a jackass. 
But, um, yeah, a lot of really good things happening. I know a lot of people have links to be able to donate. Um, again, some really good work here. You know, I was talking about um, the homeless issue that we have here in Seattle. Uh, it's egregious at this point. We need more people to pay attention. Um, we need more people to be able to donate, give clothes, give shelter if you can, give Socks food. is really important. Socks is one of the biggest things uh, that homeless people go without yeah. uh, that, that they need, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can donate hand warmers, uh, bottled water because they need that. Food. If you stay at hotels and collect um, the little travel size, if you take them from the hotels, if you ever stay at them, donating them to, I want to say, Urban Rest Stop. Because at Urban Rest Stop, mm-hmm. you can take showers, you can do your laundry. Oh, nice. So that would be... Where are those located? So I know, I want to say there's one like near Cornish, for sure. And sure. then I Downtown. think there may be one like you uh, district area. Mm-hmm. But I've worked before at the one in um, near Cornish. And what's it called again? Urban, Urban Rest Stop. So you can wash clothes there. You can okay. take a shower. Um, they do have other resources in terms of figuring out if you need other things, they can kind of outsource. Okay. So it's a great organization. Got you. Um, as we enter the holiday season, again, it is extremely important to look out for one another. I know everybody wants to be surrounded by friends, family, and unfortunately that's, that can't be the reality for everyone. Um, so if you find it, if you have it in your heart to do it for someone else, just spend time with someone else, you know, uh, please do that. Because, uh, you know, it means more than what you actually know. So, you know, reach out, touch someone, that kind of thing. Um, okay. I don't want to get all sad and shit. Uh, so, um, like I said, the weekend was popping. Friday night, I dyed my hair. Well, I bleached my hair. If you've seen me, you've seen pictures or whatever, <laughs> my hair is blonde. I fuck with it. It's um, blonde. I fuck it with is. it, too. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I got a slew of fucking jokes. <laughs> all the jokes in the world, man. I went as a golden lord Friday night to, um, went to Baltic. And I'm going to talk about that just for a quick second, but I'll let me rewind. Hold on. So Friday night went to Baltic, boom, I was Golden Lord, that was tight. Saturday went to uh, a coworker's um, party, her and her husband. Shout out to Gloria and her husband. I was Mr. Clean. <laughs> I had an all white. I'm uh, loving that. Yeah, it was kind of dope. Uh, and then last night, me and my roommates, uh, shout out to Danny and Juice, we went to um, this party in Tacoma at the Social. Hmm. Um, so it was super popping, but just. 20, uh, 72 hours of greatness, but I, I bring up the uh, <laughs> I bring up the shit at uh, at Baltic because I, I'm having an issue with the club scene here. I'm having an issue with Baltic um, specifically. If you if you go somewhere and you buy a table, you're not supposed to stand and wait in line with the general admission people. Mm-hmm. That's an issue mm-hmm. that I have, um, and, and it wasn't so much that the club set it up that way, but the security completely acted like dicks the whole night. One was the, there a lack of communication, or was it just they were? I think it was power tripping on the on okay. the behalf of the security guards. Mm-hmm. His dog said, "My homegirl who I was with, um, she knew the DJ who's throwing the party, you know, and she's like, you know, I know so and so. We got a table. I bought the table through so and so. You know, he was like, I don't care if you know the DJ, I don't care if you know God. Y'all are all getting in one line. <laughs> I'm like, fam, we spent seven hundred dollars <laughs> on this table, my boy. Like, yeah, what do you mean? Why am I in line with general admission, pre-sale tickets, whatever? This is a table. This is a substantial amount of money to be spending. Right. Just to, you know what I'm saying? Like You would think that would be part of the deal. You would assume, right? But what I've been hearing about Baltic, I mean, we all know the stigma about Baltic. You know, people make jokes about it getting shot up and things like that. And I've always advocated for that club mm-hmm. just because I feel like, um, you know, one bad event doesn't define the character of the club, right. you know, things like that. But 
um, you know, they had the incident a couple of weeks back where the owner of the club and a couple of young ladies, some young ladies that I know, they got into a huge argument about colorism. One mm. of the uh, young ladies was like, you know, you're only letting the light-skinned girls in. I think someone, one of the security guards may have said that, allegedly. I don't know mm-hmm. for a fact that that was a thing. But um, we're not treating ourselves well as a community. Black folks, that's a black-owned club. I wish that, I that they had better uh, relations with the community, you know, mm-hmm. because we continue to patronize that club. Right. We're spending our hard-earned money weekly to go there. And right. some people go multiple times a week, you know. Some people, like myself, like I said, we bought a table. I bought a table at Baltic several times now, right. you know. Um, that's not a small amount of change to just be throwing at somebody. No, it's not at all. You know what I mean? Just to get treated yeah. like we're not shit. And so it brings me to the point where I want to talk about having better relationships with the business, the local businesses. Because mm-hmm. that's essentially what it is, the local business. Yeah. And the people who are patrons. Right. right? How can you treat your, your customers uh, essentially, yeah, like shit. How is that a thing? And then how can you, when someone checks you on it and wants to have an intelligent discussion about it, you get on your high horse and make videos, cussing them out and calling people out their name. Hey. Like he, he called the the young ladies bitches and and all that type of stuff in a video that was posted to Facebook. This is an owner, the owner, the owner of Baltic, yeah. Oh, um, so yeah. I'm hoping that we can have more constructive conversations. Yeah, I'm not trying to call him out. I yeah. don't, I don't know if he had anything to do with the security the other night. Yeah, but when you do certain things and you act a certain way, you're defining the culture of that place. Right. Or you're defining the character of that place, that business. Certainly. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you're if you're doing those type of things, the people who are your subordinates are going to feel like they can do those things as well. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting to treat your customers. And now it's going to affect your bottom line. Right. Then we have the conversations about black people not supporting one another. Right. And not supporting the business and wanting to go to other clubs. It's like, nah, bro, take care of your people first. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean... I'll say I've been to Baltic a couple times. I've, you know, been invited to events there, but never really gone on my own accord. I think for me, I moved to New York when I was 19 and lived Mm -hmm. there until I was 23. And the club scene in New York, it just kind of doesn't compare. So it was, I never really could come back to Seattle and really enjoy. Right. I never was like, it was really hard for me to get into a line and really just be waiting and wait. And I'm like, I mean, I didn't, oftentimes have to wait in New York, but it was like, I'm going to wait in a line in Seattle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. And that's how I felt the other day. Yeah. Like I just didn't, you know, after having that experience in New York, it was hard to come back. So I've never really been in the club scene. I think me going out was really more around music and shows, supporting artists, you know, like, Mm -hmm. gosh, I think my best summer was probably when Porter Ray dropped um, fundamentals. Fundamentals. Okay. That's probably the, the time I went out the most. Fundamentals came out when was that? It was like fourteen. I was gonna say fourteen or fifteen. Fourteen. Yeah. yeah, that was a great summer. Does and he, I he doesn't like, even have a bad project. That dude, man. No, I love him to death. That is my <laughs> yeah. little brother for life. Love him. But yeah, that was really what my going out experience in Seattle was always wrapped around music and going to shows, right, right, but right. never really like clubbing. Which is a completely different experience because I've been yes. in that scene as well, right? But when you start going to like I said, when Citrus was around, Level 5 was around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what Level 5 is. <laughs> don't worry about it. You missed the time. Um, yeah, you know, but like now we're going to these, you know, different clubs mm-hmm. and we're being treated a certain way. Then it's, and the options are limited now, right? Because mm-hmm. there's only, um, what's it, stage? There's uh, view. view is a thing now. Um, like I said, Baltic, Stadium, Trinity, Q. I think that's it. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. Um, what's the one up on the hill? Uh, Sugar Hill. 
Um, I actually do like that place. Sugar Hill? I like Sugar Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I, not, there's never usually a lot of people, though. I went know? to, I think it's Which like, tight. they do like a, um, every last Thursday of the month, they mm-hmm. do like an African oh, kind dude. of, oh, oh, man, I, by happenstance, ended mm-hmm. up there maybe the last time they did it, and I had a ball. That's tight. So, yeah, I really enjoy that. And I just like the vibe there. I like that it's not really big. It's yeah. more intimate. Yeah, yeah, um, I like and, the lighting in there. Yeah, the lighting's good. Just the from records a photographer standpoint, are... Are dope. Shout yeah. out to Famous. Shout out to Momlin. Shout out to Sriracha because I know they all spin there. Um, yeah. B Rock spins there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah. Shout out to them, man. Um, but yeah, I'm just, you know, and especially for black people because there's not a lot of spaces that we have that, you know, it's like predominantly us and in black owned club at that. Yeah. No, right? I had so, no idea. So if that's going to be the thing. You want people to come spend money? I would love to have that, the dude on the podcast. Yeah, come definitely. Talk to him. Respectfully, of course. This yeah. is not me trying to throw shade at them, but it's just kind of making, you know, bringing to light. Like we had the same issue with uh, Amir over at, you know, he was Tia Luz first and then at oh, Stadium. Okay. You know, having the same conversations about colorism, you know, um, him being accused of only letting light skinned chicks in mm-hmm. and that, that kind of thing. And it's like, how do you expect us to give, give you our dollars? Right. If these are the issues. Sorry, that's a, I went on a tangent. That wasn't. I don't really want to get into all that. But, but yeah, it's worth, I, it's worth talking it's, about. You know what I'm saying? It's important. So just kind of people, you know, be careful where you spend your money. You spend your money with people that give a fuck about you. Yeah, this is true. You know what I'm saying? Like, and make it evident that they give. They don't have to do giveaways and, you know, community service and all that type of shit. But, you know, respect goes a long way. This you is facts. I mean? But so does word of mouth. It goes a long fucking way. So I've been saying all weekend, I'm not going back to Baltic until I can have a conversation yeah. about that. And other people are becoming more aware. And I'm, yeah. and the women are starting to be treated better because yeah. one of the security guards posted a chick the other day. Oh, and me and one of the dudes I was with was like, "Hey, fam, okay, so what, I mean, that, what happens? You know what I'm saying? He he puts hands on us. So what do we do? Well, I'm here with a bunch of women. Like, whoa, that's out of line for sure. Absolutely, yeah. You don't do that. Yeah, you don't put hands on you know the women, especially from an authoritative standpoint. Right. You are the authority right here. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a cop putting hands on. Then I talk. wonder what like what is the training because I also understand training to for a, security. Right. Is there no, training for security? Right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So then it's like. I understand. I, you know, you go out, you see people who are wasted and are just ridiculous. And so having yeah, to manage yeah. that. But how do you, what skills do you have in terms of dealing with those type of issues? Is And it doesn't seem like there is. Well, then, I mean, that goes into talking about, and I'm going to get on to the next shit in a second. But, um, you know, we talk about police reform, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about, uh, you know, behavioral reform and it seems like the people that are in authority positions often abuse their authority and the people that they don't need to treat well, they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at like a lot of slaughterhouses, right? You look at the way like these pigs and these goats, sheep, whatever are, you know, being slaughtered, they're abused physically first. Mm-hmm. Again, like, like I seen a video of this dude, like a lot of these guys like punching a lot of the animals and stuff. Yeah. It's like, bro, how's, why is that even necessary? You know, right. you have anger issues and it's now it's going to make me question you and your personality and your character. Right. You know, so I think people, if you don't, what was what was the word, man? Like you can tell the character of a person by the way they treat people that they don't need to treat well. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. That's an example of that right there. Definitely. Sorry, dude, I I went there. But I we have sometimes we just got to. <laughs> yeah, I just that that bothered the shit out of me. Okay, um, I'm gonna ask you this real quick. Actually, you know, I'm gonna save the penny question. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready for it though. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about uh, your weekend? <sighs> my weekend. What was my, you know? You want to talk about your, your ER visit? I mean, we can, so. <laughs> What's up to you? If you don't feel comfortable. Sure, I mean, it's totally fine. This is important for people to hear. Go ahead, talk about it. Um, so, I yesterday had a pretty crazy day. I was 
at work and kind of managing some things with my daughter and transportation while at work. Right, and so right. that can be a little stressful. So at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like go spend some time by myself. Like I was super happy to do that mm-hmm. and went to a restaurant, which I love right. and enjoy. have been multiple times. Um, and I ordered something new on the menu. Okay. So I started eating it, and it was super good. And I eat a lot, and I eat fast. So I'm just, like, scarfing the food down. And then my lips started to swell. And I'm like, oh, no. Nice. And I automatically know. I'm at, you know, I'm like, this is probably peanuts. Right. So I talked to the waiter, and I'm like, so can you let me know what's in this? Because it's not listed as having peanuts in it, but I need to know. Right. So then they're like, oh, yeah, there are peanuts. So They didn't list it on the menu? No. You would think that that's something they would do. As, I mean, yeah. as common as a peanut allergy is. Right. So, you know, that and it was other things were listed having peanuts. So I thought, okay, it must be safe because I've eaten there multiple right. times. Right, right. So then I proceeded to leave the restaurant. They comped my meal, which was nice. They were yeah, really. almost died. Yeah. I mean, it was, they, <laughs> they took good care of me for as much as they could. Right. Um, I got on the road, popped like three Benadryls. <laughs> And I drove myself to the ER and it got to a point where I was like driving on John and there was a car that was so slow in front of me and I'm like honking and swerving around there. So thank God I got to the emergency room and there was a parking spot right in front. And like by the time I got to the emergency room, it like my speaking voice was like almost like a whisper and I had to your keep, throat was swollen. Yeah. Gotcha. And I didn't feel like I couldn't breathe, but that was happening. And then I had really bad stomach cramps. And I'll probably I will say it was like having giving birth. Like it was really? like contractions. It was the worst pain. Yikes. I mean, it was bad, bad, bad. So then that led to lots of other things that are not fun to talk about. No worries. You gotta go into it. Right. Um, but oh my gosh. So yeah, so then um my honey, he met me, thank goodness, at the ER. Mm-hmm. And um basically I they, you know, got me hooked up to an IV and I had a drip, and they were giving me, you know, what was it, steroids and more Benadryl. And to then, reduce the swelling. Yeah. And which I didn't think was inflammation. actually thing, which is yeah. crazy. So, like, my lips were swollen, but that really wasn't a, the big concern. That, you know, it's, it is a part of anaphylaxis when, mm-hmm. it, when you swell. But for me, the stomach pain was just unreal. So right. um, once that subsided, I was able to kind of go to sleep, and they just watched me. Um, and then You I stayed came, the night there? No, I came home. Okay. I came home and I got up and went, you know, got my daughter to to school, (laughs) went to work and came here. You know what I mean? Just kept living. But I definitely know I'm tired and my body is tired, so... Well, I'm glad you're here. Yes, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be alive, <laughs> and I'm glad to be here with you. I saw, I, and the crazy thing is I started to hit you yesterday, uh, last night. Did I text you yesterday? Yeah. I think I asked you if we were still good I think, today. yeah, you texted me before yeah. all this had happened. Yeah. Got you. Jeez. But yeah, that was it. But you know what? I, you know, I, I, But here's the one thing I want to say. I emailed the establishment mm-hmm. today, and I got a call back from the owner, and she was wonderful. She was super kind. Nice. Um, super, you know, she apologized, and she was really grateful from, you know, her perspective of how I was handling the situation because I didn't have to be kind or nice because oh. I, I love the restaurant but right. that was something that I really wanted to see change so they were working on the menu they were working with the um, the chefs to discuss kind of what's in every dish so we know and so we right. make sure that we can um, put that on our menu so that was really great and she gave me her you know personal number it was this it worked out well. Like I think you know, people get in those situations as a restaurant owner and think, "Oh my God, is this person going to want to sue me or this?" And it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that could be an option. But for me, it was like, you know, no. Let me just, you know, please fix this for myself and for all the other people because my situation was bad, but it could be much worse for people who suffer from a more severe allergy. So right. I felt like that's the least I can do. Mm-hmm. And I still want to go there. It's still a great place, and they'll you know me. Back? I will go back. I would. Okay. I know th- 
I don't, for me, it's like, I know I can't eat that specific thing. I've eaten there many times right. and they'll know me right. for sure. And I mean, I just have to also too, I think I have to be better about always saying and repeating, I am allergic. To, I have to do that more. Yeah. I think I kind of gotten comfortable because I've been able to go places and eat, but because you can navigate it. You can, yeah, you can look exactly. at the menu, right? Things like that. So I need to be better about that. But yeah, that was a big part of my weekend. Got you. No worries. Yeah. No worries. I mean, like I said, I'm glad you're here. Yes. Glad you don't have to go and deal with death. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I'm here. I'm alive. Maybe. <laughs> um, I do want to bring up real quick. This is very important. I've been really... Um, We've talked about interracial dating a lot on this podcast, and my stance has always been I don't date non-black women um, for multiple reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Not because I'm not attracted and things like that. Like yeah. I know some, what's up, Kayla? Finance white girl. She knows she is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, no, I, I think that anybody who can weaponize race yeah. against you, um, I think you just kind of steer clear. Yeah. And so I, I say that to say, I think it was last week, Two young boys, two young black men were killed by um, this Hispanic man, and he was the one of the dudes was dating his daughter, mm. and you know he took their lives uh, in mm. a really gruesome way at, at that, and um, <sighs> had a conversation recently on Twitter about excuse me race relations. Had a conversation about non-black people saying the N word. Mm-hmm. Man, why am I gas? It's just fucking beer. Um, anyway, but um, and I'm not against love. Love yeah. who you love, right? right? Be cautious though in situa- certain situations like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, because I, I hate the whole. Um, again, I, I feel like if you could weaponize nigga against me, if you weaponize race, anything like right. that, you know, your family may have an issue. I, I dated somebody who I, I couldn't go home with them. Right. Girl flat out told me, you know, I can never bring you home. I just think that we just need to be more careful. Definitely. To do your due diligence. It was stated that the man was racist. He hated black people before, had a problem with them before. I'm not sure that the boys were aware of this right. at any point in time, but other people obviously knew. Um, you know, we got to be careful. We got to look out for us. We all we got, right? Yeah. If you feel like a situation is like that, you may have to abandon the person that you love because you understand that the bias that yeah. that person's family has against you, it's not even your fault. You know right, what I mean? Right. It, it, it ain't on you. It ain't your fault. None of that. You know what I'm saying? But because you are who you are to that person, you may pose a threat. Right. And it costs these young men their lives. And I'm tired of having like race related deaths, injuries, attacks. You know, I mean, I know we talk about it as far as gender as well. Right. You know, but I mean, come on, man. We got to smarten up at a point. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not for segregation. Well, I was for a while. <laughs> I really was. I was. I was dead ass. Like, yo, right. like we need our own. But I still feel like we need our own. Yeah. And we need our own spaces. We need our own. For sure. You know, black love is a, is a beautiful thing. You know right. what I mean? If that's not who you love, then that's fine. Whatever. Right. Do your thing. But I, we just need to, we have to do a better job of, of taking care of us, um, you know, and taking care of self. You know, no, I, just, I definitely agree. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm tired of seeing those headlines. Yeah. Young black man killed. Young black woman killed. Black men and women coming up missing every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Stories of black trans Folks, I mean, being attacked and, and murdered, murdered. It's right. It is beyond bad. Yeah, it's beyond egregious. Um, and I think, you know, for me, education is really where all of these things starts. And then, mm-hmm. two proximity is really yeah. Important. Proximity is, is really under. Right. Um, it's underrated as far yeah. as you know, like when we talk about why someone loves who they love, exactly. You know, or why someone hates who they hate. 
if you've yeah, not yeah. been if you've not been in proximity with these people, then it's easy to judge. It's easy to quote unquote hate them. Right. But you don't know them. You've never spent time with them. You've never known a trans person. You've never known right. a gay person. You've never really intimately known a black person. As a, a teacher working in an independent school, there were students who I was the only black person they knew intimately. Mm-hmm. They saw every day. They built a relationship with. Right. And so that put a lot of weight on my shoulders, mm-hmm. you know, but I gladly took that. Right. And I didn't, for me, it wasn't about, look at me, I'm so great and I'm a black woman. It was, I'm a human. Right. And I have strengths. I have talent. Mm -hmm. I also have weaknesses. I also have troubles. I also have things that are difficult in my life. Mm -hmm. So it was really more about humanizing a black woman because otherwise you're just seeing, you know, whether it's Oprah or Beyonce or whoever you define as black. And those are great women. Don't get me wrong. But they're kind of not, they're out of touch. They rest on a pedestal that you can't touch. Exactly. I'm in your face every single day. Right. I also do hold some power because I'm the teacher to a certain degree. Right. Right. So there's something to be said for that. Um, and then to just not necessarily be the idea of what they think a black woman is based on what they see in the media, on TV. So that was really important for me. And I took that really seriously because oftentimes people would say, well, you work at a school. And, you know, right. I worked at a school that I went to, A. So, nice. you know, it meant a lot for me to come back. But being there for kids of color, black kids, black girls in particular, meant a lot to me. But also... There's a lot of white kids who would not have had a relationship with the black person. Right. If it weren't for for you. Or my, you know, one of my mentors in my life. For her. Mm -hmm. You know, so there were others who came before me who did that work. And so um, education to me is where a lot of that takes place. And getting proximate and being closer to people who are different from you is really important to me. Yes, absolutely. Um, We need to have more conversations about this. So we have to stop sweeping this shit under the rug. Uh, Because it's easy to sweep under the rug. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's also easy to just label something, you know, with some negativity and just kind of leave it at that. So we have to have more conversations about race relations and, um, like you said, proximity. You yeah. know, build relationships with people who are different than you. Um, like, seek those relationships out. Yes. You know, and, and again, have those conversations, educating one another. Yeah. Um, but also understanding the risk that you run in doing, in doing that. Yeah. I mean... My partner is white, mm-hmm. and I've dated, you know, black men. I've dated other ethnicities, and uh, we went to New Orleans for my birthday. He took me mm-hmm. last year, and, you know, I told him, I said, we got to talk because we're yeah. going somewhere yeah, yeah, different, yeah. you know? And it's funny, in New Orleans, we had a great time, but we went to, uh, gosh, there's a beautiful, wonderful spa in Leavenworth mm-hmm. called the Post Hotel, best thing ever, and uh, we experienced, the first time we really experienced racism was there. Okay. Um, and, you know, I didn't necessarily, I mean, it didn't really cross my mind, but, you know, you think you're in Seattle is one thing, but going east, you yeah. know, or going, it could be very different. Right. So right. Um, for me, having those conversations is really important because yeah. the way in which he walks through life is very different from the way I walk through life. And so there's always going to be constant conversation. Um, I don't look at myself as I'm supposed to be your teacher. And granted, my work was in equity and inclusion and all mm-hmm. of that. So I sometimes have to like chill, but back. also be able to speak from the heart and honestly about my experience. And that has to be continual. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a learning process for both of us. Yeah, of course. Um, but for me, we can curse on here, right? That's, I curse all the fucking yeah, time. There yeah, there we go. So, I mean, for me, my kind of thing was... <laughs> When it comes to choosing a partner for me, it got to a point where it was very much, you know, I fuck with 
who fucks with me the way I want to be fucked with. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of where I got to it. And, you know, the person who I'm with, I'm really, really blessed to have them in my life. And, you know, Ten Toes Down is not even what describes what, what he right. is for, for me. And so I feel really blessed. But that, you know, it is different to a certain degree. But mm-hmm. I do believe in um, our love. And I believe just in the power of love and that it transcends so much. But I also value black love. Right. You know, so I find it's an interesting space to be because someone could look at you and say, well, how do you value it if you don't have no black you men? All the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, no, I do value it. I've been in relationships with black men. My dad is black. You know, my parents, yeah. I saw that. So, but it's just, this is who. At this moment this in time. Is, this is what it is, is what you know, yeah, and, yeah. and it is good and I am happy and I am blessed and I'm grateful, you know, and, and he had a. Uh, Six years of me telling him no, and he's still around. That's something. That's tight. Your homegirl <laughs> told me the dude just crept out the friend zone. So that's fucking dope. He crept, my boyfriend crept out of the uh, car salesman. Oh, <laughs> he that's was right. He did tell me that story. Yeah, 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 he was. That's fucking tight. Shout out to him. Man. Yeah, he's a good guy. That's my um, guy. Okay, so let's get around to it real quick because we're we'll almost 30 minutes in, and this got deep, man. This got deep. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we roll, though. Fast. Yeah. I never don't have, I never have. Like shallow conversations with you. We don't do that. Um, okay, so the panty question. Yes. You're familiar with the panty question? I am. Okay, got you. So today. Yes. What kind of panties do you feel like? <laughs> I'm going to say pretty much mostly every day I am a black lace thong. Okay. And um, I don't know. It's classic. Okay. It is simple. Mm-hmm. It's effective because you don't have panty lines. <laughs> okay, got you. I mean, I just... I really love black A. Like, I love wearing black. If I could wear a black turtleneck every single day, I probably would. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. It's just classic. Okay. So, that's how I kind of like to dress and be. And I think it'll always be good. I don't have to, I'll never have to worry when I'm wearing a black lace thong. Okay. And it's sexy. It is sexy. It's very sexy. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's it. Okay. You? Um, today, I'm feeling like some satin panties. <laughs> um <laughs> Feeling a little smooth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Coming off the weekend, I had great energy. Mm-hmm. Great fucking energy, man. I love my friends. My friends have been looking out for me, you know, over these past couple months. It's been really dope. Yeah. Um, so I love satin. Okay. I love the fucking feel of it. This woman got satin drawers on. It's fucking tight. Smooth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Very smooth. And you got to have positive energy in that. Like, <laughs> um, some navy blue joints, though. Navy blue. I like yeah. that. Because it's a little, I mean, at first glance, it's like black, but ooh, actually, no, the closer yeah, you get, yeah. and you gotta be close. You need to get close. Hey. You gotta get close. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm with that. So, you know, uh, I gotta have Keith answer the question one day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, some uh, some some navy blue satin joints. Um, Fenty has a nice pair of, um, mm. I think they're, what are they? What are they? I did not really. They I need to get into some Fenty, actually. They might be lace. I think the ones I bought were lace. Not for myself. Yeah. Somebody else. But, right. But they were navy blue. Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. Yeah, navy blue is a good one. I love those joints. Yeah. Oh, they were so nice. Um, yeah. Ooh, that's tight. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, we did that. We did it. Got all the preliminary shit out the way. I want to talk to you about your project. Okay. Uh, wait, can I, can I open this first? Of okay, Of course wait. you can. Can you? Okay, so... I don't want to describe what you do, your line of work. Do you, can so, you yeah. So, as um, I open this, I, she the gifts. Um, 
trying to, you know, do my art, I decided that I was going to leave my full-time job as an educator, which was a great job. Mm -hmm. And of course, that means you have to pay the bills other ways. And so when I lived in New York, I used to manage an apothecary. um, And basically, I sold lots of fragrance and skincare, and I really fell in love with uh, niche fragrances. So I now work at a store that's in Fremont. It's called Ascenza, and I love it so much. It is just... Go stop by. Go spend some money with her. And uh, we sell fine jewelry, but my jam really is fragrance. Okay. And so... Am I doing this right? You are. I I sell niche fragrances. So today, I'm wearing, uh, oh gosh, Soft Tension by Andrea Mock, which is a perfumer out of Iceland. She just had a baby, so we're actually waiting on an order. Um, But yeah. Am I doing this? Oh, yeah. You You got it? Yep, you can slide that part off. Uh, uh, Hey, you know what's crazy? This is navy blue. It is Uh navy blue. I like that. Yeah. I wanted, I wrapped that myself. I wanted to make sure that, you know. Oh, man, I feel special. It was a good little feel. This is, no, this is tight. I like this. That's one of my favorite parts of my job, though, is being able to wrap. Yeah, it's really special. Okay, well, let me open this real quick. So there's all. She brought gifts, man. Oh, she. Oh, this is. Oh, this is other stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is tight. Okay. There's Can you... lots of fragrances in there, so I've got you a couple. Oh, this smells amazing. Um, Hold you've got a couple from Goldfield and Banks, which is a line out of Australia. Okay. Um, I would say the ones I think I've given all you they're like, all different. Yeah, okay. all different. Wood infusion. Mm-hmm. Desert Rosewood, those are really, really good. It's fucking tight. And those are going to last a while. I, the one you just picked up is called Eight and Bob. This white, black yeah. And, okay. and Eight and Bob, uh, that was actually mm. JFK's. That was his signature fragrance. So really? he and the perfumer who he worked with in Paris essentially said, "I'm creating this fragrance for you because it, I think it was something around oh, along the lines of, it, um, it gives you the Paris, the Parisian." Uh, sophistication you lack. <laughs> wow. And so then, but JFK, JFK, yeah, he had a yachting fragrance that was made, uh, you know, so when he would be on the yacht, so that was his. Um, then I've got you a few diptyque hella good. Um, fragrances. I, you said you liked musk. I don't, yeah. one of those, I think it might be, um, uh, let me see, the two, yeah, the black ones. These two, right? Yeah. Okay. These smell hella good, by the way. Uh, Flutterpo, uh, yeah, Flutterpo. That one is going to be a beautiful, like, white musk. And I think... This one here? Yeah, and you said you like musk. And then uh, the other one is Millaret Berto, which is a house out of Paris. Okay. Um, And that one... What kind of writing is this? Is this uh, Turkish? You know what? I don't know. That looks like... um, What that one is. This looks like uh, Arabic. Let's see. Yeah. This a, one a is a little bit more Arabic. really. She, yeah, this right. one's a little bit more spicy. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, you know, try them out, see what you think. But fragrance to me is all about storytelling. This is and kind of creating your personal mythology okay. and the way in which our brains connect to fragrance is still not fully understood. Mm-hmm. But it's really amazing. It's like super strong, the kind of emotional this is fucking connection. Tight, so yeah, I love fragrance. I've been wearing, you know, fragrance since I was ten years old. So right. um, me and somebody daughter about to have a uh, a time. <laughs> <laughs> You'll let me know what you think though, for sure. No, I'm dead ass. I'm um that shit smells amazing. I'm glad. I gotta get I gotta get more dates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, your project. Yes. The new romantic. Yes, the new romantic. Let's now. Is this your first full project? This is my first solo 
yes. project. So, you know, before doing The New Romantic, I um, released Indian Summer mm-hmm. and Eastern Standard Time with my brother from another mother, <laughs> Comedic. Yep. Um, and that was really my beginning, you know, in terms of putting out music and releasing it. And that was in 2014. Okay. Um, and then I did work with Porter. I will say too, Kellen, uh, the good sin, he sin. was yeah. my first, he was the first person who ever put me on a that record. That was on um, The Story of Love and Hate. Yes. And, and you did several tracks in there. Yeah. Right? So I did. Yeah. So that was really special. So shout out to the good sin for that. Um, but anyway, after I had done a couple of tunes with Porter, a producer in New York heard my voice, and on September 11, 2014, mm-hmm. he reached out to me via Facebook and said, hey, I like your voice. I think we could make some dope music. And I was like, right. well, okay, well, send me some tracks. So I'm yeah. thinking, you know, he at the most, he might might send me 10. That would be a lot. Right, yeah, yeah. He sent me like 50 tracks. 50? 50. Okay. And the first track- That's a ton of barrels, yeah. you, know, you think? You know, he just he just is like that. He just okay. creates and creates and creates. I mean, and, not, not a bad thing. Oh, it's just yeah. So for I would me, feel a little bit daunted. Like, yo. So, well, here's the thing. I would have if it were not for the fact that the first song I heard, the first track I loved. Okay. And that song is De Noche, which okay. is on the project. Which is the first track on the project. Which is the first pra- uh, track on the project. It's Got the you. first song that I wrote. And, I mean, literally, I just kept going through. And I was just, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I feel like the music ch- chose me. It wasn't. I never. I know when I want to write to a song, mm-hmm. when there is no real fight, and there's no real like tension, and there's like no angst, right, in the process. And sometimes I wish I was a little bit more like, I don't use pen, uh, pencil and paper, no, or pen, or I don't type. No, I just it comes. I really for me it comes kind of down more in a spiritual kind of feeling. Sure. I don't really fight. The lyrics that come, typically it'll be a melody and there'll be some vocalization, but then words will come. And I tend to want to go with that first kind of feeling. And I might refine it, but not too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, so yeah, so I, um, this producer, Brady James is his name from New York. Love him to death. He is, you know, an incredible, incredible artist and producer. So we just started working. So I wrote the project for nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, and we never met. He lives in New York. Right. And so I went to New York the summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. And we recorded the project in entirety in two four-hour sessions. Okay. And so... That's intense. Yeah, it was intense. That sounds like we were talking about Prince earlier. Like, he would yeah. have sessions like that where it just... Hell yeah. stuff would just get done like in one day. Yeah, and I had been writing for so long, so mm-hmm. I was ready to go. And for me, I've always felt really good about never having to like look at a phone or look at right. lyrics because I am able to jump in and out of a song, but I can always go back to kind of home. So mm-hmm. I can, you know, kind of fluctuate and elaborate and do different things and try things out, but I still know where home is. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel um, hindered. By right. anything. Right. I just kind of get to flow creatively. So um, that happened. And I came back from New York. And then Brady started sending over the rough tracks. And I started to see them. Right. Vividly. And I am not like a film buff or a film person or uh-huh. any of that. But I just saw them. And I was like, well, damn, I guess I'm going to have to make a film. Yeah. And so I and kind that, of. That led you to this. That led me to this. Okay. So I embarked on this journey. And. Thank goodness my brother, Quentin Allen Bell, he was 
down to do it with me. And he is a filmmaker in L.A. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to do this together. And it was really rewarding and intense in many ways. I really fuck with this. Thank you. I love the transitions. Thank you. I love how every song is a different mood. It's a different coloring. It's a different theme. Yeah. Um, You guys got to check this out. Um, So I first heard about this on... um, that he said he said podcast. Oh yeah, that's how I was familiar with the project. Shout out so. to Jay and Ray. Shout out to Jay and Ray. I missed their game night, man. They had a trivia night. They did. I missed it. Ah, oh, was hot. And I actually owe them a text. They know what if they're listening to this, they know what. <laughs> and I believe the answer is yes. If you <laughs> if you hear this, I uh, I meant to go to that. I haven't missed it. Sorry, gentlemen. Um, check out their podcast too. They're, yes, they're hella funny. So funny. Um. But yeah, so then you talked about debuting this at, um, what was the film Northwest Festival? Northwest Film Forum, at their local sightings festival. Yep. Yeah. So how'd that go? It went really, really well. Um, so many people came out to support. I mean, I my first film teacher came out to support. Mm-hmm. Um, two of my students, you know, former students who are now like, gosh, are they 24 or 25 or something? They came and showed support, you know, family and friends and it was just really beautiful to have that moment. And it was beautiful to see the art on that type of stage. Uh-huh. And I thought that I would be so um, kind of nervous and more anxious and really kind of critical. Right. And I was so happy. I, you know, sat next to my brother, which I felt was, you know, totally fitting because Super we dope. did this together. Did together? Right. So he flew back to Seattle for this. But sitting there and watching it with him, I was like a little kid. And I was kind of in awe of what we did, and it was beautiful. So I was really grateful for that because I think, you know, we often are our own worst critic. And right. so to have a moment to be separate from that and just enjoy mm-hmm. what you created, what I created, it was just. And that's a surreal feeling, too. Oh, man. Yeah. There's one particular part that I literally gasped when I saw it what on that, that screen. It's um, So it's the last, what we would call mood, and it's a big transition from darkness to light. Okay. And so for those people who've seen it, they probably know it, but I'll, you know, hopefully that'll make you want to go it, watch yeah, it. Leave it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do like it. I liked the, um, what was my favorite part, man? I, um, well, I don't want to ruin it for people, but um, the transition from like the second to the third song? The second to the third song. Yeah. That third, okay. Okay, yeah. 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 So from Entrapment to Black Beauty. So yeah. it's, all the songs are in order. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to say more than that. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I will say this. You know, I the film is really important to me because it engaged me in storytelling in a way that I had not yet thought was possible right. for me. And so I consider myself probably mostly a storyteller and using different mediums. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was great. But ultimately, this is about the music. Yeah. And I love, I mean, again, love the film, love what we were able to do. I see myself doing more film, but... This music was really important to me. I talk about it a lot in the sense that, you know, this came from very real spaces. I went through a lot in mm-hmm. kind of situationships and dealing with, you know, right. all those kind of things that a lot of people deal with. And um, I really put my heart into this record. Right. If you listen to Black Beauty, I'm crying at the end of that record. Mm-hmm. And like, it was not intentional. I mean, I had no idea. I was in the studio in New York and literally, I just got overwhelmed. And it was very much about a specific person. And I was not dating that person. I was crushing on somebody else. Right. But it just, in that moment, it just all kind of came over me. Right. And even when I hear that song still, mm-hmm. it gives me chills. 
Um, and so, you know, for that's me, so dope though. I hope to people, be that connected to your own art, you know, I mean? that it can still elicit a feeling from you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it does. That song in particular, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's tight. So, okay, so this is out. When did no? This dropped when? Uh, I believe thing? I put it out in September. Now I will say this, um, and leave it at that. There's more to come. Put it that way. You said that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got there's you. more to come. But this was the first offering, um, and you know we wanted to really marry the idea of kind of sonic imagery with cinematic imagery and put those two things together. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very much inspired by Wong Kar Wai, who is a Chinese filmmaker. Who, if you've seen Moonlight, then you've kind of seen his inspiration at work. Um, Have seen Moonlight, Barry Jenkins. Yeah, Barry right? Jenkins. Yeah. yeah, so Barry Jenkins was very much inspired by Wong Kar Wai. The film that I kind of fell in love with. I love the coloring in Moonlight. Sorry. Oh just yeah, no. And if you the lighting, it's incredible. So if you yeah. watch In the Mood for Love, you will see why. There actually are YouTube videos where you can see literally the exact same frames between really? a Wong Kar Wai film and like Moonlight in particular. Really? Yeah. He okay. was super inspired because I think Wong Kar Wai was just very intentional and and um, nothing was taken for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really felt that. And right. with that type of intentionality, emotionality really comes through because you're, you know, you're executing at such a high level. Right. But it doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel like you're having this experience with the film as opposed to being separate from the film and so seeing that was just incredible and inspiring and that really led me in the direction Um, so I'm super grateful for that that really ignited something in me in regards to cinematic storytelling that I didn't know was possible Mm -hmm. and I wasn't interested in until I saw that right that's deep yeah (laughs) that's dope and I love um, when people get connected to their art and they can kind of help other people forge intimacy with the projects. Yeah. You know, like, cause that's what this is, right? When you yeah. watch, when you watch this, the new romantic for me, it was and one, it was just me in the room. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I saw it. Did um, you watch it in the dark? No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, didn't you say that though? Did you yes. Say? Watch it in the dark. Yeah, yeah. No, I watched it. Well, it was daytime when I, okay. I was at the house. It was on the weekend, but when I turned it on, it was just me. But as I'm watching it, you know, from the beginning scenes, right. you know, when you're walking and then, Okay, I don't want to get away. But you yeah. know, as it transitions, I'm like, yo, this is tight. Like, And then looking at the different moods that were created yeah. because of the lighting and the coloring that yeah. was used, you know, and the different environments as well. Yeah, definitely. Because to go from like super closed, you know, then to being outside, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying, and then bedroom, and then it's like, oh, okay, this yeah. is different. It was a lot of work. <laughs> and, and, not, and not different in the sense that it was strange, but just different. Like I haven't taken a journey like that through film and cinema um, in a long time. Oh, wow. Well, that, yeah. that means a lot to me. I mean- you know, I, for a long time, was calling myself an accidental filmmaker, and so many people have been like, stop doing that. You are a filmmaker. Yeah, and, you well, know, again, when you speak about intentionality, right? Exactly. No, totally. Yeah. And so for me, I think because I didn't come to it, like, you know, my brother went to film school. Like, mm-hmm. I don't operate a camera, you know, but I wrote the treatment and, all right. of, you know, the creative design. That is me. I was in that motel room mm-hmm. doing all of that, you know. In terms of the artistic design of the space, the production right. design, that was what, you know, fell in love with that kind of work. Went mm-hmm. to um, Universal Studios Backlot to actually get the props really? for that scene. Yeah, and Fucking it is tight. crazy. I had no idea what it was like. So I go in there with my brother, and he's kind of like just walking through. And there are people on tours of this mm-hmm. at Universal Studio, and they're looking at me like I'm somebody. <laughs> I'm like, I don't right. know what I'm doing. I'm just having fun. Um 
And that was just incredible, you know, to see things that you've seen on TV shows and in movies and then to be able to utilize those and place them in different spots and just, again, intentionality. Um, Mm. So, you know, I realized I am a real filmmaker. I love the... um so one, I just want to say congratulations for getting Thank it done. You. It's a five-year journey, right? Ooh, Journey's yes. not done yet, no, obviously. It's not. But I mean, for this project to have come out and for it to have taken you five years, I mean, you again, you can tell that there was a lot of love and care put into yeah. this project. Um, I like it a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Like I said, I've I watched it multiple times. Thank I've you. I've shared it with other people. Thank you. Um, that means a lot. Yeah, it's I mean it's fucking dope. Thank um, you. And and again, you know, for anybody out there that wants to create film or wants to create art or whatever, you know. Like, it, there's no timeline for art. No. You know? Um, Especially not good art. Quality. Yeah, quality. Quality shit. You got to have quality shit, you know? Yeah. Um, but don't be so so much of a stickler or a perfectionist that you never release your art. I've been told that many, many yeah, times. I'm sure, like, yeah. Alana, what are you doing? I mean, my engineer, you know, when we finally wrapped that process, he said to me, well, you know, your album was done. <laughs> When you came here, and I yeah. was like, "No, it wasn't." So, I think moving forward, I hope to release um, mm-hmm. some of that energy yeah. because you know you you can become um, addicted to that process, and really, it's about um, control. I think mm-hmm. because when I have it, I am in control. But right. once I release it, it's no longer. It's like being yeah. pregnant, you know. And like you, I would tell people that all the time. You asked me coming in here, um, did I ever get better at? Um, watching people absorb or digest what I something I've created. Yeah. Right. How has it been with you and your reception to the, or people's reception mm. to this? I will say it's been a couple of things. The most important thing I would say is humbling. Mm-hmm. I think that I created this expectation for myself and I think a lot of it was because I believed in it, which is a good thing. Of course, yeah, absolutely. And I spent so much time that right. I thought people, you know, I spent 5 years like this is a huge part of my life. It's my baby. Right. So I want you to, you know, cuddle my baby and kiss and tell me how beautiful the baby is. And Mm -hmm. while I got so much love, and I will tell you, there are people um, who've had some beautiful conversations with me around what they think the film is about or what we were attempting to say. And just their interpreting of the film and taking the time to do that, which means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. But I think in this day and age, you still want that instant gratification. You want all of that. And I finally got to a place where I released the expectation. And once I did that... So much cool shit started to happen, right. um, and people reaching out to me to do different things regarding the film, um, or you know, I just did an interview with the radio station in Toronto. Tight. Like, how did they find me? You know, right. so it's just stuff like that. But I think the less expectation I have, and that's kind of how I'm trying to keyword being trying to live my life is with less expectation right um like this and, and also there's some entitlement there that you course, know you yeah. know like i should because i worked for five you no know, right, right, right. don't nobody owe me shit i'm just grateful for anyone who watched it anyone who thought that it was you know worth their while it wasn't a waste of their time and for those people who could appreciate the hard work and could appreciate the beauty in what we did that means a lot to me so i'm I'm happy with that. I I don't make art because it's like, oh, I want to be popping or this. That's never been my goal. Right. It's really been to make quality that would transcend time and that would outlast my time on earth. So. Gotcha. I I think I did that. I think you achieved that goal. Thank you. Yeah. I think that um, as more people see this and they start seeing, I mean, we've already blended art uh, or music and um, and videos. Mm -hmm. But I think as more projects like this come about and you you work with the uh, extremely um, creative group of individuals. I mean, like Porter is that type of person. He's oh, definitely stupid creative. 
You Definitely. Know, uh, the Has a very clear well. vision. Well, yeah, very clear vision. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the more that these type of things take place, I think it just opens a door and kind of sets new precedents yeah. for artists to kind of follow this kind of, kind of blueprint. Yeah. I mean, it's already happening, you know, but we need to see this on a larger scale. And right. I think as videos become less and less expensive to create. Right. Now, Certainly. yeah, we're opening the door for, I mean, look at apps like TikTok or exactly things like that right like you can create using your iPhone shit. exactly you know to create and getting new lenses this obviously wasn't shot on an iPhone no us. that was a, a red. red yeah, yeah that was definitely a red yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Christian <laughs> our cinematographer he did an incredible job yeah so I mean just you know the, the melding of these two um, mediums you know is the way that you've done it is masterful so oh my gosh thank you that means a lot I appreciate yeah, absolutely, that absolutely man and and I know we're kind of running out of time. We got about like ten, maybe fifteen minutes left. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm curious to see what comes next for you. Yeah. Um, I'm not asking because yeah. I want you to be able to you know keep yeah. that close to the chest. But yeah. you know, and just the conversations that we've been able to have recently. You yeah. Know, um, one, I really appreciate you Aww. and your insight because you dig at a level that's deeper than what I would even think to imagine. You know, um, some of the words that you said to me, you know, in, in recent weeks have been amazing and have poured life into me and you're a light man you're a beacon you're so it's crazy i've been really kind of trying to figure out you know what is my purpose Mm -hmm. and um it's interesting because lately with music as much as i love making art the idea of having to everything be about me is really a challenge Mm-hmm. It sometimes feels kind of narcissistic mm-hmm. um, and it feels kind of self-centered where it's my feelings and me, me, me and my this. And I can indulge in that to a certain degree. Right. But really, I love people. I love helping people. And like I've said multiple times, I love speaking life into people. So to hear you say that, that's like, that's what I, you know, yeah. and I'm not, no, I'm not perfect. I know, you know, I'm just... I don't know. I just feel moved and compelled to do that. And I've had experiences. If I can share that with someone and it helps someone else, why mm. wouldn't I do that? And why wouldn't I want to be in communion with people? Right. Like that's where, um, I don't know. There's just such, that's where the love really is. There's you know? a strength in fellowship. There's um, a strength in community that yeah. I think that we don't, we just don't take advantage of often enough. Yeah. You know, um, I, I was talking to a, a friend of mine yesterday, Taco owns a hair shop. Oh, yeah. You know Taco. And, yeah, and, yep. and the, yeah, my Down neighborhood. The city. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to Taco yesterday and he was telling me, um, he was like, you know, you are, you bring people together. He was like, you know, your For ministry sure. is bringing people together. He said, um, you know, you're a light. He's like, you shine in really dim places. You know, mm. where other people can't, you do things that other people can't. He was like, but you have to start believing in your own power. He's like, Amen so, that. he was like, you know, your, your ministry is that of healing. You yes. help others heal. But I was like, but I'm not healed myself, right. you know. So how do I? How am I to right. heal someone else if I can't see, if I can't do that for myself? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think when we're like traveling in our life and kind of on this journey, um, sometimes it's just being able to speak your particular truth. Mm-hmm. That's part of the healing. That doesn't mean that you're fully healed, but be able to put words around how you feel and be um, unafraid. Mm-hmm. And maybe you are a little bit afraid to share how you feel sometimes, but to still do that and to release that from inside of yourself mm-hmm. and put that out into the world. And then that gives you some relief and right. release. But then there are other people who hear that and may hear like, oh, my gosh, I'm going through this, too. Yeah. I'm not, al- right. I'm not right? alone. And that I think that's the main thing. Who wants to feel alone? Well, 
Well, one, yeah, like that's. But some people crave that because they don't understand. Like some people thrive within conflict. Some people, you know, thrive like on negativity because right. that's all they've ever known. Yeah, no, that's yeah. very true. So if there's not that conflict there, or there's not like right. that feeling of being alone, they don't know how to respond. Like they clam up, you know. Right. Um, I think it's a uh, fuck this fucking beer, man. Come all gassy and shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that some people just run towards that because it's what they've done. What they've gotten used to yeah I've grown accustomed to the discord yeah you know and I think that we need to do a better job of checking on people and and on the opposite end of that we need to do a better job of being honest about what it is that we feel and being mm-hmm. vulnerable and being humble and you know I, I said it earlier to a friend of mine you know we have to start telling the truth to ourselves about ourselves Ooh. you know um, because I got to a point this year where yeah. I realized that I was the person that I had convinced myself I was Mm. So then what happens then? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's a whole breakdown. I had an identity crisis. Yeah. On top of having panic attacks and a bunch yeah. of, you know, ridiculous shit. But when I had my identity crisis, I was like, gee, like, who am I really? Right. You know, outside of the situation that I was in before, now I'm this other thing and that doesn't exist anymore. Right. Who am I going to be? You know right. what I mean? Um, and I think that a lot of people go through that, but they don't. I'm very articulate. Yes. And I'm very expressive. Yes. Um. So much so that it could be to my detriment at times. You know what I mean? I uh, agree. I, t- I don't agree. Meaning, I agree in terms of that's my experience as well. Yeah, to so my like, detriment. You know, yeah. I, I express too much sometimes. Yes, you know I, what feel I, mean? you. Uh, I feel but, you. Um, but we have to get people to the point where they're able to express themselves and talk about who they are, how yeah. they are, what they are. Yep. Right. And we have to create those safe spaces. Definitely. We're not doing enough of that. We're not creating yeah. safe enough spaces. Right. Like, right. I wanted to talk about the tank thing. Yeah. Right. But just kind of get into that, right? Like yeah. he said, you know, if a dude gives another dude head one time, you know, that may not be, you know, he may not be gay. Right. It was, it's a homosexual act, but you may think right. experiment or whatever it is. But like, let's take that situation, right? Right. Somebody may do something like that. Right. And they want to be able to talk about it, share their experience because it may be something that torments them or right. it's on their mind or, or whatever. Or they feel right? shame or guilt for. Right. Or- but we're not creating spaces safe enough no. for them to have those conversations, especially within the black community. Not at all. We just want to shame people and laugh at people's pain and things like that. Right. Um, but, you know, we got to do. And again, not even specifically about that. But right. just as an example. You yeah. Know? I, I did a um, this past week. I did a creative facilitation workshop for two days that was really incredible and one of the things that we talked a lot about was creating safer spaces because uh-huh. you know safety looks different for everybody and everyone has different um traumas that yeah. they experience so what safety may look like for you or for me is going to be really different and you know you're right we need to create safer spaces for these type of discussions to happen and i think that that's just it's going to be peeling back a lot of painful yeah. layers, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that has to be done um, in order for people to feel like they can express themselves yeah. and have people who they can be in communion with and in community with mm-hmm. and talk about these things and not be judged. Right. I think that's my biggest thing is the judgment mm-hmm. that you know, all of us at times put on to others. And I think sometimes we have to question where does that come from? Why do we judge people in the way that we do? Um, and that's the thing. No one wants to feel like someone is going to come down on them for their choices, you know. For, their truth. Right. right. Your truth, being who you are. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be judged for being who they are and who they feel inside? I know one of the things, it's very simple, right? But I know something happens. I talked about my suicide attempt. Yeah. Somebody said, how can you come to me? 
Right. Very simply told that person, I didn't feel like I could. Right. It's as simple as that. Right. I don't feel like I can come to you and talk to you about these things because I've heard how you talk about other people. Right. I've, you know, I didn't feel comfortable with this. I didn't know how you were going to take that. You know what I mean? You didn't create this space. And, and not to fault anybody. Right. Right. It's not to put anybody down, not to talk shit, nothing right. like that. But it's just, you know, with, with men, a lot of times, we don't open a door for healing. Right. For men. We just got to get over shit. Right. No, certainly. A woman can go through whatever she goes through, and there's a whole neighborhood of individuals ready and willing. Girl, fuck him, girl. Right. You could do. Fam, what about Which us? Which always isn't the best advice, just, you know. <laughs> keep my mouth shit on that. <laughs> well, that's another. That's another yeah. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. Yeah. Well, just, just saying. I'm, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but it, there's, there's not a lot of safe spaces for men that exist that way. You know what I mean? Right. Because when we do get a chance to express our uh, opinions and emotions right. and things like that, we get called soft, right? Right. Or, well, how have men been socialized for we do a lot of we do a lot know? of it ourselves, right? Because right. we uphold that, right? We right. Up, you know, exactly. Um, but yeah, we've all kind of most of us have all bought into yeah, you know, these kind of rigid ideas and ways of being, and so it's not until we begin to kind of dismantle some of that that I think we'll be able to create those safer spaces that we seek and that we desperately need to be able to have these real conversations and somebody has to be the example, right? Yeah. I've cried enough. (laughs) 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 I've cried enough. I've talked my shit enough. I I will say I'm proud of myself real quick because I was drunk all weekend and I didn't shoot no drunk texts off. Hella proud of myself. Hey, nigga. check you out. Motherfucking progress. There you go. That's what it's about. But I did look at my notes in my phone the other day for something else. I was like, oh, damn, I wrote that when I was trying. Oh, shit. I'm glad I didn't send it. Oh, boy. Yeesh. Um, but yeah, you know, there has to be like room to have healthy outlets. You know what I mean? Right. And like make space for your friends, bro. Definitely. You never fucking know what somebody's going through. You never know what that person's dealing with or suffering with or, you know what I'm saying? I had an experience. Um, was it last week? I went to get a birth certificate, a copy of my birth certificate. Go to get it, and I smile a lot at people. I'm just, that's who I am. So a woman walks in, and I smile at her, and she doesn't smile at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, why is she so rude? Like, you know, right, right. I kind of had an attitude. So then I see her go up to get a form, and she gets a death certificate. All right. And it just, you know... Just now, I, I get emotional thinking about it because I had made an assumption about this woman because she didn't smile at me. Now, granted, yeah, it's nice for someone to smile at you when you smile back, but is it the end of the world? No. Right. But I did not know what that woman was going through. Right. You know, and I said a prayer for her from across the room. I didn't. I never spoke to her. Mm-hmm. But she was going. I don't know who that was for. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it was like someone. Or even the circumstances ex- in which she had to get exactly, it. Yeah. exactly. So it, that really was like crystallized. What you just said. You never know what someone is going through. And so never sometimes know. we cannot take things so personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's um, another thing as well. You know? Don't take hella shit personal, bro. Yeah. You, man, I'm telling you, bro. Like, my friend, some, I've had a friend come to me recently and, and talk to me about what they thought was the end of the world in their life. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn, I never knew you was going through that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And this explains why you've been XYZ and you've been doing these things. Okay, cool. I right. get it now. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not going to judge you, B. Like, right. live your life. My boy, I- I'm going to help you as much as I possibly can. You know, right. come talk to me, though. And I really appreciate the friends who have made it okay for me to come talk yeah. to them. You're a good friend, though. I try to be. You are. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. You are. And I enjoy the friendship that we've been able to develop mm-hmm. um, and just being able to talk and have those those important conversations. But I, I always feel like they're quite reciprocal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I, I get a lot from you. Yeah. I feel I the really, same. I really, really do appreciate you. Um, and I... 
I think that more people need to have that or feel that way about someone. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times we feel like we're just taking. Yes. Or we feel like we're giving. Mm-hmm. I'm giving and I'm giving and I'm giving and I'm not getting anything in return. I don't have the answer as to how those relationships should flesh out. And, you know, right. but I do know with I talk to my guy, Trey, all the time. I talk yeah. to uh, fucking Dev all the time. I talk to Winter, talk to Che. I talk to, you know, yeah. like Armand. I talk to my guys pretty frequently, mm-hmm. you know, and I I feel like I've made deposits into those relationships over the years. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm withdrawing mm-hmm. something from those because they've given me a lot yeah. this year. And, you know, it's things are kind of, there's cycles in life. And so mm-hmm. at one point you're at a place when you are able to give. Mm-hmm. And then there are times in life when you really need to be able to receive. And so I think understanding that, that sometimes it's not always going to look and feel reciprocal in that particular moment. Right. But if you look at the entire cycle of the relationship, you may see that when I was down at this point, that person was there for me yeah, and vice yeah, yeah. versa. So looking at it from a kind of a larger scale, mm-hmm. um, instead of in that very moment, I think sometimes you see the reciprocity. Yeah. And let me, I don't want people to feel slighted. I talk to my cousin Ashley. I talk to my cousin Hannah. You're so sweet. I talk to Ronald all the time. That nigga's a fucking fool. <laughs> um, <laughs> talk to my guy Jaquay. Talk to the homegirl Leah. You know, um, my you have, Josh. You, it seems like you have a, a beautiful community. Oh, I have community. You know, yeah, that's and that's one a thing blessing. I know. And I'm just super fucking vocal about the shit that's on my mind and yeah. you know, the things that I've been through. And I don't even want to say been through. Shout out to Mal as well. I, I'm trying to name my people because I don't yeah. want to feel Keisha, Jessica. Nacho, my nigga. Um, yeah, sorry, my people. Yeah, no, that's I wanna make, important. I want to make sure that they know that I appreciate them. That's important. Yeah, because again, though, yeah, like you said, those, th- those things are important, you know. And um, and if you're constantly feeding someone something, you know, you want to make, you want to feel like, yo, like, yo, yeah. do you even care the shit that I'm giving you? Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, so I just feel like you know we're making these deposits into our relationships with mm-hmm. people. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's okay to withdraw. Oh, it it you know trust and believe you it can is. pull from the, that <laughs> savings or that deposit that you made. It, sometimes you just gotta you know pick up and move to a whole damn new city. I mean, that's sometimes yeah. what it is. Yeah. This is a <laughs> this is a good time to be doing that right now. You know, yeah. if, you know, looking at taking kind of a, an account of relationships that do not serve you, that do not feed you, right? Um, you know, and that's spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, if they're not feeding you, you know, what are you doing? And then you have to take ownership of the fact that if you have these kind of relationships in your life, why are you seeking them? Why are you holding right. on to them? It's not that just that person. You have no, no, allowed it's this. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah like what are, I, um, what's the issue? I was talking to Taco earlier about being addicted to someone. Right? Yeah. I, I felt like in my past I was addicted to a person. Like whether yep. that was a positive relationship or not or whether, no matter what the interactions were, I felt like I was addicted. I can't mm-hmm. get enough of this. Right. And I can't see myself without that thing. Right. You know? Um, and so, you know, you you kind of work towards your own detriment at that point because you're doing things that are putting yourself in a worse position. Mm-hmm. And it just takes, it, it's just realization a lot of times. Yeah. You got to realize what you're doing, how you're doing it, how you're moving, you know? And it may take for your friends to stop you and say, hey, 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 guy. Yeah. You're fucking up. Hey, bro, you're doing this. That's not you. Right. Stop doing that shit. You know, yeah. Somebody told me the other day, um, my boy Mal. He said, "Bro, you look, you look happy and healthy." He said, "You look happy and healthy." That's a change because you ain't been there over the past right. however long it's been. Right. You know, and I was glad that somebody was able to see the change in the work right. and the, you know, everything. Because we do wear that 
sadness and that grief yeah. and that pain. It phys- it physically manifests in our bodies. Yeah. So, um, especially me because I'm a crybaby. So yeah. I, I can, I, you know, yeah, I start looking real bad. Um, and, you know, and that's real. And I know I went through a time in my life where I was in a relationship and it was mm-hmm. probably five years and broke up. And I remember the people at my job saying, you look like a different person. It's like, wow. Right. You know, and I was still going through the grief of, of the loss of the relationship. But for people to see that change, there's a physical change that, yeah. you know, Gosh, imagine what's really going on on the inside. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling saying? the first time I had a panic attack, I was like, Jesus, what the fuck just happened? Like, I've had yo. one before, and it, I had one while I was driving. Really? And it, Yeah, and it was, Man. It's, it's a super scary thing to experience. I was in my room. Uh, it was a it was a day of the Dave B's release party. Oh, okay. Uh, the day Blue came out, mm-hmm. had the party and everything. I forgot where it was at. But Showbox was where the show was? Mm-mm. It was before the show. It was oh, just the okay. album release Got, party. Oh, okay, yes. So we're getting ready to go to the joint. Yeah. It's me and the homegirl, Daniela, we're in my room just chilling, um, talking. I was waiting for Diamond Kellen to come over, mm-hmm. getting ready to, we was all going together. And um, I was cleaning up. I was I was folding laundry. She was helping me with the shit, and I just my body started shaking, mm-hmm. and I felt like really nervous about something. And then tears just started coming mm-hmm. down my eyes. I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is this?" Right. Like, yo, I sat down, and she was like, "Are you okay?" You know, she got me some water and shit like that. And I was like, I never felt that, and I couldn't stop crying. I was like, yeah. "What the fuck is happening?" And I realized that it. I was, I was really in anticipation of an event that uh. later manifested. Gotcha. A bunch of bullshit, but you know, but I was in anticipation of that so much so that my body didn't the know. The anxiety was so high, bro. It was so crazy. Yeah. And then uh, the next time it happened, I was at work. I'm just working, mm-hmm. doing my shit. Um, I just got a phone call. My mom. I'm sitting at my desk. I'm doing my thing, and then out of nowhere, just yeah, boom. And I'm like, dog, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And so, um, luckily, that hasn't happened in some months. And like, I'm yeah, on the other side of this whole bullshit yeah. now. But it's just crazy. Yeah, I um, my experience. Yeah, in a car, it was super scary. I didn't really know what was going on. But same, I couldn't cry. You know, couldn't catch my breath. The whole thing. And um, yeah, later, you start to hyperventilate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I spoke to someone who's kind of really gifted in the realm of like metaphysics and things of that mm-hmm. nature. And she said to me, you know, that you kind of needed that to mm-hmm. happen. Like crying is really cathartic, and you needed yeah. to release that. So, I. I think it's sometimes easy to look at that and feel bad or feel like, oh, God, I don't want to talk about this or, you know, what's wrong with me. But I did feel a lot better Mm -hmm. after I went through it. Like, you know, I couldn't really talk for about an hour or so. Yeah. And I could not open my mouth. And, you know, my boyfriend and I were meeting for lunch. So when I got to him, I literally was like texting. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't really talk. I can't because I just I didn't know what was going to happen. If I opened my mouth, I was just going to, you know, just lose it. You know, exactly. So, um but having that conversation um, with that particular person, it really helped me to see that I probably needed to process that. And that was just, you know, kind of the way I needed to because things had built up so much. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel you on that. And it is very scary, but I'm glad that we've both come on the other side yeah. of that, you know. But it's I'm not I'm world, not man. mad that I didn't experience I'm not mad that I experienced it either. No, and you that's know? that's another thing as well. I'm not mad at anything I experienced. Like, yeah, you know, it's the human experience, right? Exactly. My boy Jaquay says all the time, you know, nobody's immune to the human experience. Man, we all go through what we go through. Um, we're all gonna go through something. So for you sure. know, fucking strap in, gear up for that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just deal with it, and just hopefully you're equipped to deal with whatever it is. You, yeah. you, you know, you go through. 
Um, all right, 70 minutes in. I wanted to talk about the Kanye album, but we'll save that for a different shit because that shit. I, li- I, t- I told you, Water is the song that yeah. I like, but I haven't really given it a full listen. I'm not going to listen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's just where I'm at. I'm so disappointed in this motherfucker Kanye, man. Aww. Just, oh, God. It broke my heart, man. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And, oh, sorry. I'm going to read this thing real quick. Sorry. I know that. Uh, and, man, a shout out to... Uh, and, and shout out to uh, I mean, his name, Lamar. I mean, they got the Quick Strike shit going. Um, they have a clothing line, QuickStrike.co. I think it's on Instagram. They uh, rented out, I think, the um, the go-kart place, oh, okay. Psych yesterday. Um, I heard it was an amazing event. Shout out to those guys, man. That was fucking tight. Like, great to see them guys doing something super positive and, you know, really good for the community. And just letting other individuals come and share what, they, what they've created. It's pretty dope. Um, let me see. This is for the fifth annual Turkey Bowl, uh, Turkey Bowl week, November 26th through the 28th. It's a three-day event. Um, I think the Tuesday is a day of service. I think they're giving back to the community. I think they're going to donate. Um, I think Wednesday is the youth flag football game at Rainier Beach and the community dinner at Rainier Beach Community Center. And then the Thursday, which is the 28th, it's obviously um, Thanksgiving, is the adult Turkey Bowl game. Um, I'm going to post a flyer. Um, shout out to Trey. Shout out to Cortez. Charles was putting the event on. Tez is a great guy. I know Tez. He's super cool. Um, but you got to register for the events. So the flyer is going to have the information, the phone number, and the email address. So you contact Tez um, directly. So I'm going to post it so you guys can figure out you know, what to do, where to go, how to donate, all that type of shit. Um, was there something else I wanted to talk about? Somebody giving something away or somebody doing some community service related? Oh, Sober November. Ah. I was super drunk this whole weekend. <laughs> Like I said, didn't do, wasn't drunk texting and shit like that. Yeah. But I realized that I was falling back in love with my non-sobriety, and I know okay. that that's not something I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, October was a dope month. It was super up, a little bit of downs. Um, so I'm going, I'm not going to drink until Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. Somebody fucking timestamped that because people thought last time I said it when I told them I was going to break my fast, they didn't believe me. People are idiots. Um, <laughs> Thanksgiving, that probably that Wednesday night. Before that's when I'll break the fast, and I think Thanksgiving to the end of the week is the uh, the twenty eighth. So the twenty seventh is when I'll break my fast. Okay, I'm putting it out there for everybody. Okay, quote that shit. I'm a anybody want to join me? Please do. I think we consume too much alcohol as a society as it is. Every weekend you can't be out getting fucked up, getting drunk because then you just get fat and you'll make a bunch of ridiculous mistakes <laughs> and you'll drunk text your ex and you probably shouldn't be doing any of those things. I definitely shouldn't. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. You have anything? Gosh, what, let me think. Oh, yeah. I just uh, announced today I'm doing an event, uh, uh-huh. another screening of the film, mm-hmm. partnering with Lululemon. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah. So Jeanette's I'm, involved somehow. Yeah. Jeanette is going to be moderating the nice. Q&A, the talk back. So, super excited to have her. She is just an amazing woman and a dear friend. So Fucking dope. That, yeah. She's an incredible she's awesome, woman. Yeah. yeah. She's just a great woman. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're actually meeting tomorrow, which I'm excited about. So yeah, doing that, I've got um, some other things lined up that I'm excited to share when it's time to share them. But yeah, the Lululemon is November 15th, starts at 6.30, film screening probably around 7. And where's it at? At the Lululemon in University Village. Okay. So Friday, November 15th. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. My that's birthday is awesome. November 12th. Oh, is it for real? Yeah. That's fucking tight, man. I, I love Scorpios, you. by the way. Yeah. I do really like Scorpios. Wait, what are you? I'm a cancer. Oh, for sure. That's exact. 
My moon is in Cancer. Is it? Yes. Yeah, so I'm all deep emotional feels. Lots I think of water. My moon is in um, Aries. Okay. Which is kind of crazy. Okay. But that's my expressive side. That's gotcha. like my rambunctious, like, okay. fuck out of here. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. So November 12th, it's going to be a full moon on my birthday. So I'm going to uh, that's do my best to set some really, um, to, to set some intentions. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, otherwise I'm just going to be chilling. But I think that event for me will kind of be like my birthday party. I'm wearing my birthday dress to that event. So. Hey. Hey. Come on, that's yeah. Tight. I think the vibe is very Tracy Ellis Ross is what I'm going for. Okay, she's yeah. tight. She's the bomb. She's, she's Scorpio too. Is she? Special. That's fucking dope. Special. She's tight, man. Yeah. Um. Okay. I don't have anything else for you guys. Um. Please enjoy this. Please share this with whoever you feel like it needs to be shared with. Um. Again, if it's your first time listening, really, really appreciate you. Uh. If you've been rocking with us, again, thank you just for being on this journey. I know my energy wasn't really up. I'm getting kind of sick. But again. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fucking burping with his fucking beer. All right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. And shout out to Keith because he's here fucking yes. late. What time is this? Thank you, Keith. 50. Thank you, sir. All right, man. We're out of here. Again, it's episode 52. Um, me and the wonderful Alana Bill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, my dear. Of I appreciate course. you. Appreciate you.